Maya is a fundamental concept in Hindu philosophy, most notably in non-dualist school of Vedanta. Maya is the magic power with which a god can make human beings believe in what ultimately turns out to be an illusion. Well, what exactly is the English word illusion? An illusion is a distortion of the senses, which can ultimately reveal how the mind normally organizes and interprets sensory simulation. Although illusions distort our perception of reality, they are generally shared by most people. And that's the point of illusions and Maya. They elude the masses. But if everyone is eluded in Maya, then what is reality? Well, reality is the complete totality of all things, structured, actual and conceptual, events such as past and present, and phenomena, whether observable or not. It is what a worldview, whether it be based on individual or shared human experiences, is that worldview that ultimately shapes or attempts to describe or map the reality of that human experience. Certain ideas from physics, philosophy, sociology, literature, and other fields shape various theories of reality. One such belief is that there simply and literally is no reality beyond the perceptions or beliefs which we have about reality itself. Complex it may be, but bear with me for a bit. There are also statements that you may have heard, such as perception is reality, or life is how you perceive reality, or reality is what you can get away with. And you may have noticed that they indicate a kind of an anti-realism, that is, the view that there is no objective reality, whether acknowledged explicitly or not, in those statements. So is Maya, that illusion, also a reality? Well, I think it is. It is all real. Everything, including our thoughts, are real. Even stuff you make up, it's reality. Even after you make it up, the illusion, the Maya, is also reality. Or is it just an illusion? I think Maya and reality are part of the same whole. Reality is the raw physical, Maya the mental. At least that is what I think it is. And no, I am no philosopher. But isn't that just common sense? To me, it makes a lot of sense. If Maya and reality are in sync, are we in some kind of simulation? A biological and universal computer game? Are our so-called souls or whatever simply the alien game player? Heaven and alien world? And that brings me on to the next topic. How do you know something is actually real? So if I slip and fall, break my leg, that pain, that sensation is real. Well, it is to me. Then, once my leg is fixed, and we are, say, 10 years after the event, even to me, that event from 10 years ago has become a story where I can add color to it and retell it in my mind or whenever I want to retell it to someone else. You know, I could actually make stuff up and add more color to it 
and it becomes its own little story. If, however, I'm hearing the story as someone else's experience, so it happened to someone else and they are relating it to me, it's another story altogether. So the real event was always a Maya or an illusion for both the listener and the storyteller. You know what scientific realism is or what the study of what is known as critical realism or the philosophy of realism is? Well, yes, scientific realism is a thing. It's a, it's a study. Realists do have an existence. And there are 10 breakdowns that I have sort of found that scientific realists sort of believe in. One would be that the best scientific theories are at least partially true. Two, the best theories do not employ central terms that are non-referring expressions. Third, to say that a theory is approximately true is adequate uh, an explanation. Four, the approximate truth of a theory is the only explanation of its predictive success. Five, that even if a theory employs expressions that do not have a reference, a scientific theory may be approximately true. Six, scientific theories are in a historical process of progress towards that true account of the physical world. Number seven, scientific theories make genuine existential claims. Eight, Theoretical claims of scientific theories should be read literally and are definitively either true or false. Nine, the degree of predictive success of a theory is in of itself evidence of the referential success of its central terms. And number 10, the goal of science is an account of the physical world that is literally true. Science has been successful because this is the goal that has been making progress towards it. And you may be thinking, these guys are just making stuff up. But they believe that it is, their theory is basically that if you don't work on assumptions, then you're not going to progress. So that's one of the reasons why, in my view, reality cannot be a pure play scientific study. I see science as simply the study of Maya and reality. Scientists use and manipulate Maya or reality to achieve their goals. And that's not a good or bad thing. It's the only thing that they can actually do. So philosophical realism is usually not treated as a position of its own, but as a stance towards other subject matters. So realism about a certain kind of thing, like say numbers or mortality, is the thesis that this kind of thing has mind-independent existence, i.e. that it is not just a mere appearance in the eye of the beholder, not just an illusion, in other words, it's something independent of that. Now, this would include a number of positions within epistemology and metaphysics, which says that the given thing instead exists independently of knowledge, thought, and even understanding. And this can apply to items such as the physical world, the past, the future, 
others' minds and the self, so yourself, although may not apply less directly to things such as universals, mathematical truths, maybe even moral truths, and thought itself. However, realism may also include a bunch of positions which instead reject metaphysical treatments of reality entirely. Realism can also be viewed as something about properties of reality in general. That suggests that reality exists independent of the mind, as opposed to a non-realist view that questions the certainty of anything beyond one's mind. Philosophers who believe in realism claim that truth consists within a correspondence between cognitive representations and reality itself. Realists tend to believe that whatever we humans believe now is only an approximation of reality, but that the accuracy and fullness of understanding can be improved. In some contexts, realism is contrasted with what we know as or call idealism. And we need to break this down into five parts. One would be metaphysical realism. Two would be naive or direct realism. Three would be scientific realism. Four would be scientific realism specific to physics. And five, moral realism. Metaphysical realism is that whatever exists does so, and the properties and relations to it does as well, independently of deriving its existence or nature from being thought of or experienced. What is known as naive or direct realism is a philosophy of mind rooted in a common sense of theory of perceptions that claims that the senses provide us with direct awareness of the external world. In contrast, some form of idealism asserts that no world exists apart from my independent ideas, and some forms of skepticism say we cannot trust our own senses. This naive realist view is that objects have properties such as texture, smell, taste, and color that are usually perceived absolutely correctly. We perceive them according to them, as they really are. Then there's scientific realism, which at the most general level is the view that the world described by science is the real world, as it is, independent of what we might take it to be. Within philosophy of science, it is often framed as an answer to the question, and I air quote, how is the success of science to be explained? The debate over what success of science involves centers primarily on the status of the unobservable entities apparently talked about by scientific theories. And as a subset of that is realism in physics, especially quantum mechanics. And this is the claim that the world is in some sense mind-independent, that even if the results of a possible measurement do not pre-exist the act of the measurement, that does not require that they are the creation of the observer. Make sense? 
maybe not complex, maybe just bear with me for a little bit longer. Because lastly, we have something called moral realism. And this is the position that ethical sentences express propositions that refer to objective features of the world. In other words, your moral compass is what determines what's real in the planet and the existence and the universe, blah, 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 blah. And I should mention here, just to complicate everything just that little bit more, that there's a whole group of people that believe in anti-realism, that truth of statements rest on only it being demonstrably through internal logic mechanisms, such as things like context principles or intrinsic logic and stuff like that. Don't need to get into it. But there are a lot of people thinking about the meaning of realism and what is real. That said, in my mind, throughout human history, humans have used magic, illusion, brainwashing, and deceit or lies to double down on Maya or illusion. Not just humans, but animals too. And just like humans, in order to simply survive. Have any of you watched those documentaries where they follow a pack of lions? The lions hunt, they go and hunt, and will use deception tactics against, say, a herd of zebras, where they identify and isolate the one target so it becomes easier to kill the prey. Humans, we do it every day. It happens in the workplace in politics, in international relations, and it happens a lot in warfare. In warfare, I find it the most interesting because the battlefield is where the Maya and the raw physical reality meets head to head. I'll get into that in a bit, but first, what do you know about introspection illusion? Introspection illusion is a cognitive bias in which people wrongly think they have direct insight into the origins of their own mental state while treating others' introspections as completely unreliable. Now, we need to break this down. What is a cognitive bias? A cognitive bias is a systematic pattern of deviation from norms or rationality in judgment. Individuals go create their own subjective reality from their perception of the input. Okay, stay with me. So, an individual creates reality not on the objective input, but that still dictates their behavior in the world. Thus, cognitive bias may sometimes lead to perpetual distortion, inaccurate judgment, illogical interpretation, or what is broadly known in the wider world as irrationality. So then what in heaven's name is introspection? Introspection is the examination of one's own conscious thoughts and feelings. In psychology, the process of introspection relies on the observations of one's own mental state. While in some spiritual contexts, it may refer to the examination of one's soul. Introspection is closely related to human self-reflection and self-discovery, and it contrasts with external observations. A lot of people find that meditating assists in this kind of behavior or introspection. Now, 
Introspection generally provides a privileged access to your own mental state by not medicated means. So that the individual experience of the mind is therefore unique to you. Introspection can determine any number of mental states, including sensory, bodily, cognitive, emotional, and so on and so forth. To repeat and to rephrase, the introspection illusion is when one's own mental maya or illusion is just the individual truth where people wrongly think they have direct insight into the origins of their own awareness while treating others' conscious thoughts as completely unreliable. This introspection illusion has been examined in psychological experiments and suggested a bias, a bias in how people compare themselves to others. When people mistake unreliable introspection for genuine self-knowledge, the result can be an illusion of superiority over other people. For example, when each person thinks they are less biased and less conformist than the rest of the group. Even when experimental subjects are provided with reports of other subjects' introspections, in as detailed a form as possible, they still rate those other introspections as unreliable while treating their own as completely reliable. In certain situations, this illusion leads people to make confident but false explanations of their own behavior or inaccurate predictions of their future mental states, and it's known as effective forecasting. This introspection illusion was coined by Emily Pronin. Cronin describes the illusion as having four main components. One, people give a strong weighting to introspective evidence when assessing themselves. Two, they do not give such a strong weight when assessing others. Three, people disregard their own behavior when assessing themselves, but not others. And number four, own introspections are more highly weighted than others. It is not just that people lack access to each other's introspections, they regard only their own as reliable. The bias blind spot is an established phenomenon where you and I, aka people, rate themselves as less susceptible to bias than their peer group. Both Cronin and Matthew Kulder argue that this phenomenon is due to the introspection illusion theory. Okay, so what we've established over the last several minutes is that reality is a thing, but it is perceived differently depending on the theory that you believe in. An illusion is also a thing, and it's also perceived in different ways. Now, this is the crux of what we're trying to get to. So I'm going to go into what I had mentioned earlier and my battlefield analogy. On a battlefield, hard reality and illusion deception work hand in hand. Reality is when the sword, bomb, or bullet meets biological human. Deception or illusion is the mind games that exist around the battlefield outside of the physical raw fight itself. 
all parties in a war are in a state of illusion until that losing party begins to realize its losses and indeed someone dies or worse gets injured or captured. Then, in a sudden moment, the illusion breaks, reality strikes, and new illusions are built. Maya. So how do these scientific-ish psychological ideas impact our perceptions? If you have eyesight, then you use your eyes to absorb colors that are then transposed by your brain into what you and I would call vision. Unlike a camera, we do not see exactly what's out there. We see what our brains tells us is out there. That's why we can miss things and others see things that we do not see. And therefore, we are very easily able to delude ourselves. The five senses. The five senses, according to scientists, are sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch. If you, say, lost your vision, then you rely more on your other senses. A dog can hear higher-pitched sounds that an adult human cannot. The dog can. So does the dog see reality or illusion in a different way? Does an ant, does a seagull, does a goldfish, does a crocodile? I have a feeling we need Maya. We need to have the illusion of reality to survive. The illusion of reality. So then we go back to that question we were looking at earlier. What is reality? Clearly, if both you and I see a ball, we both see a ball. Both of us validate it, and it may be a green ball, but is it though? I think the physical object is possibly real, once validated by others and not just by humans. Metadata, if you will, around that ball, the language, the beauty, the dirtiness, the history and the future of the ball, are all ultimately illusions. Now you may have heard the term conventional wisdom. Conventional wisdom, or something else called received opinion, is the body of ideas or explanations accepted by the public and or experts in a field. So here's the thing. Just because tons of people believe something, i.e. conventional wisdom, it is not necessarily true. It's often seen as a hindrance to the acceptance of new information and to the introduction of new theories and explanations and can be an obstacle that must be overcome by some kind of revisionism. That is, conventional wisdom has a property close to inertia that opposes the introduction of contrarian beliefs. And it's sometimes so absurd that people deny it. And the new information or interpretation by persons who are strongly holding alternative views are silenced or ignored. Since conventional wisdom is just simply convenient, appealing, and deeply assumed by the public, this inertia can last even after many experts or opinion leaders have shifted to a completely new convention. So our reality is driven by Maya, by illusion. We jump on conventional wisdom, even if it may not be reality or reality as somebody else sees it. There's something else, cognitive dissonance. And this is the perception of contradictory information. In other words, when somebody challenges your Maya, your illusory reality, 
you know when you get caught as a prisoner by the opposing army, your reality suddenly hits you. In this cognitive dissonance, relative items of information that include a person's actions, feelings, ideas, beliefs, values, and things in the environment are fundamentally challenged. So let's go back to illusion, Maya. Illusion is a distortion of the senses which can reveal how the mind normally organizes and interprets sensory simulations. Although illusions distort our perception of so-called reality, they are generally shared by most people. Some illusions are based on general assumptions the brain makes during perception. And that is unlike a hallucination, which is, which is a distortion in the absence of a stimulation. So an illusion describes misinterpretation of a true sensation and not somebody who is on some kind of a stimulation. Now, your illusion can be visual. So when you look at clouds in the sky, you often see faces or sometimes you might see meaning in them. They're just clouds in the sky and also about that sky being blue, it's not. Or other than visual, it could be auditory. So the illusion of hearing, the auditory equivalent of a visual illusion, the listener hears sound which are not present in the stimulus. We hear all kinds of stuff that is not even there. We may have even imagined it, but we don't hear stuff we could hear or should hear like a dog whistle, for example. So your illusion can also be temporal. A temporal illusion is a distortion in the perception of time, which occurs when the time interval between two or more events is very narrow, typically less than a second. In such cases, a person may momentarily perceive time as slowing down, stopping, speeding up, or running backwards. And time is an illusion. A dog year is what in a human year? Do they go through time differently? Of course they do. Even humans. When you are young, time drags on. You rummage through school and it takes forever. Boring meetings and classes last a lifetime. Yet, once you're older or retired, the same time speeds up. You don't know where the time went. Oh wow, half the year is gone already. You're very suddenly known to your friends for 30 odd long years. In my view, and this is just my view, and I'm a random guy on the internet somewhere. Without illusion, without Maya, you and I can't survive. Your brain is in the business of creating illusions to survive. However, reality strikes when you physically hurt yourself or someone in your family is hurt. When you are hungry, thirsty, hot, cold, wet, unwell, you need to excrete. You're hyper, you're happy, you're unhappy. In other words, the very raw physical elements of life, or the thoughts that in turn physical. Or maybe reality is simply childbirth, birth, and death. Everything else perhaps is just Maya. Remember, Maya is a fundamental concept in Hindu philosophy, notably in the non-dualist school of Vedanta. Maya is the magic power in which a God can make human beings believe in what turns out to be an illusion. Thank you once again for listening to this illusion of an episode. Catch you all very soon. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.